If you have a Bible, our text today is found in Psalm 16. Psalm 16, verse 10. I'll give you guys 10 seconds to get there. Psalm 16, verse 10, says this, For you will not abandon me to show, you will not allow your faithful one to see decay. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, use this time for your glory, that we may see your word, and that it would grow our love for you our knowledge of you, that it would turn to worship of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We all want things in our life to be reliable. We want to believe that the people in our life are reliable, the objects that we use on a day-to-day basis to be reliable, the technology we use to be reliable. I did a a Reddit search on a, a Google search and turned to Reddit search on what do people think, what are objects that people think are reliable? You guys have any thoughts on what what those answers could have been? Toyota car. Yes, a Toyota car. I think it was a Helix or something. It was one of the, was one of the things that people said was reliable. Anything else? <laughs> running water. Uh, I don't know what they said, Honda. But one of the things they said was duct tape. Duct tape is reliable. You see, not a lot of things in life are reliable. I think we've all been burned by a lack of reliability in our lives. I don't know about you, but if you ever taken your car to a mechanic and either they overcharge you or they supposedly fix your car and then you have, and then a week later your car breaks down again or you rely on Waze, and Waze tells you that your destination is only 25 minutes and then ends up taking 45 or an hour. I don't know about you, but I work from home, so I rely on my internet provider to make sure that I have high-speed internet in my work meetings. Sometimes that high-speed internet fails me and it's choppy and I'm not able to function well in these work meetings. I'm thankful for an app called Yelp. How many of you guys use Yelp? Yeah. I can just look up a service, mainly restaurants. I look, look at a menu, I can see the photos of food, see the reviews, and that helps me base my decision on whether I'll eat there. I know some of you, or maybe, I don't know if you are anymore, but some of you may be Yelp elite members, I think. Yeah. I use Yelp all the time because I want to make sure that the service I use, the food, the food that I, the restaurant that I go to, is reliable. But sometimes it still, it still fails me. You know what I hate? When I get takeout, and I trust that they got my order right, and then I just like, no, I trust them. I'll, then I'll go home, and then when I go home. They either got my order wrong or they, there's something missing. You got, have you got, has that ever happened to you? I, 
the immediate feeling of frustration and regret when that happens, it's, it's tremendous for me. <laughs> that recently happened to our pastor PJ, you know? Even a trusted restaurant like Porto's, <laughs> it led to a disappointing experience that resulted in two, not, not one, but two tiramisu's missing from his order, thus yielding what he said in his Yelp review that he posted on Facebook as well, a, a two-star review that ended up somehow being a three-star review. You see, people, products, technology can all fail us and at times not be dependable and reliable. Psalm 16 helps us see that God is the only one we can find supreme confidence and reliability in in our lives. He is the one we can put our hope in and know that he can never fail us. Psalm 1610 does provide for us a clear messianic psalm and it is a clear messianic psalm and it provides a reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But understanding the whole psalm helps us see that we can put our hope and confidence in Jesus at all times of our lives. So the main point and one and just the one point in this devotion devotional is put your hope and confidence in Jesus for he is truly reliable because he is the faithful one who will not decay. So put your hope and confidence in Jesus for he is truly reliable because he is the faithful one who will not decay. So, so let's look at the whole Psalm. So let's go to your Psalm in your Bible, Psalm 16. And we'll, it'll help us see why we can put our hope and confidence in Jesus. So verse 1 says, Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. So this is a Psalm of David. And verse 1 begins with a plea. It's a petition from David. You see, the whole Psalm is actually shaped by this petition. David needs help. We don't necessarily know what he needs protection from as we read verse 1, but it will become clear what that is by verse 10. But David doesn't seem like someone who has, who has supreme confidence in God in verse 1. He's asking God, protect me, God. He's asking God and pleading with him to protect him. David then says in the latter part of verse 1, for I take refuge in you. You see, David, after pleading with God to protect him, starts exalting him and declaring what God is for him as the reason why he hopes that God will protect him. It's like if you're a child calling out to your mother and telling her, mother me. Calling out to your father saying, father me. It's who you are. So I'm banking on you to do that. So for David, God is his protector. So he's calling on God now, protect me since you are my protector. He then continues to exalt God in verses 2 to 8 as a way of strengthening his faith. So let me read that for you. Verse 2 says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have nothing good besides you. As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood, and I will not speak their names with my lips. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing, and you hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who counsels me even at night when my thoughts trouble me. 
I always let the Lord guide me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So something happened here from verse 1 to verse 8. Verse 1, David is pleading for God to protect him. In verse 8, he's not asking God to protect him. He knows he's going to protect him. So in the, in, from verses 1 to 8, David's faith is strengthened just by him exalting in God and calling and remembering on who God is for him. David's asking in verse 1 has now turned to his has turned to him affirming in verse 8 that God will protect him. He will not be shaken. BBC, this is why it's important to know who God is in your life. What you believe about God in your systematic theology and your biblical theology will affect what you believe about God in your practical theology. It will affect how you trust God in difficult times, how you fight sin when you're tempted, how you hope in this life when the world will want to distract you from worshiping God. So verse 8 ends with David saying, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Verse 9 says, therefore... David now, David now turns to letting us know what he needed protection from. So let's read verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely, for you will not abandon me to show. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. And let's read verse 11. You revealed a path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. You see, the protection that David is referring to is death. And not letting his flesh see corruption. How many of us at one point or another in this life have been fearful of death? Me? David is a sorry. We all we all have felt what David has felt: the uneasiness, the distress, the worry that death brings. First Corinthians fifteen says, "Death is the last enemy that is to be destroyed." You see, David is assured here in verse ten that God will not abandon him. to Sheol, this statement, when he makes a statement, it's somewhat understandable based, up, based off other texts in the Old Testament. We can understand that. But David's statement saying, you will not allow your faithful one to see decay, that's, that's a statement that no one else has made. You see, clearly everyone sees decay, right? We talked about wanting something to be reliable, and sadly, death has been a certainty for all of humanity. There's a popular saying, nothing is certain but death and taxes. Everyone has to die. Even the people, even the people that came before David died. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, they all died. They decayed. So what does David know that others don't know? You see, David had an assurance in God's protection that God would be with him even in death, that he would have eternal salvation in God. John Calvin, um, 
says this regarding verse 10. It's as, if, it's as if David had said, there will always be ready for me a way of escape from the grave that, it, that I may not remain in corruption. You see, we have to answer the questions that prompt us when we consider a verse like Psalm 1610. Does David consider himself the faithful one here? And if he isn't, how does he have assurance that he himself will not decay? So we know that David, as a man after God's own heart, but we also know that he's a sinful man. He could not be the faithful one in this text. The ESV, instead of faithful one, says the holy one. So who is the faithful one? So turn with me to Acts 2. Acts chapter 2, verses 29 to 31. Peter mentions this. After Peter mentions Psalm 1610, he says this in a sermon. He says this, brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. So does David have a crystal ball and understand and understand that Jesus, who is the Messiah, will pay for the sins of man on pay for the sins of man on the cross, be resurrected on the third day, ascend to the right hand of the Father and reign as king? Not exactly. But David knew that the Lord made clear to him in passages like 2 Samuel 7 that he was promised that that his that in his line a king will come that David's kingdom will reign forever and that someone from his line will reign as king. And when this king comes, it will stop the succession of all other kings and this king will establish his kingdom forever. David knew that he was going to die just like his ancestors before him, but somehow knew that God would be reliable to rescue him from decay. So who is David speaking of here? Psalm 1610. He's speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So if you're not a Christian here today, thank you for coming. Please pay attention to these words specifically that I'm about to say. Everything in this life will eventually disappoint you and let you down. There is only one person that is fully and truly trustworthy and reliable, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, entered the world he created and lived among us and never sinned. He never wronged anyone. He never was sinfully angry. He never gossiped, never slandered. He never harmed, never thought evil of anyone. And he was the one that was punished on the cross. He willingly gave up his life to die a death that we deserve. Jesus is the true faithful one that is referred to here in verse 10. And he died, but this faithful one did not see decay because he was resurrected on the third day. 
He defeated death and he ascended to the right hand of the Father and is reigning now. And he did this plain and simple because he loves you. And he is calling you now to receive this love and allow yourself to be fully loved by God. This means you surrender your life, your religiosity, your, you surrender your goodness, you surrender whatever you are finding protection in this life in. And instead you trust in Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins and believing in him. This is what it means to love God. Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So church family, BBC, why is the truth that the faithful one will not see decay helpful for us now? It's helpful because it shows us that we can trust and rely on Jesus, not just in death, but also in life. We can put our hope and confidence in Jesus for he is truly reliable and faithful because he is the faithful one who did not decay. You see, we live on a different side of history than David, but our hope is the same. David believed that God would protect him from death and he would deliver him to eternal salvation, not because he knew what was gonna happen on the cross, but he trusted that God would deliver him based off the fact that God had been reliable and faithful to David all his life. Similarly to us, we look to the empty tomb that we celebrate. We look to the empty tomb as a reminder to us that we can trust God to be reliable and faithful so that, he, so that he would deliver us from death and decay and that he would be reliable in all aspects of our lives. Because Jesus did rise again. Because he did call us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can have assurance now that we can rely and trust in God, not only in death, but also in life. Christ is our hope in life and in death. Tim Keller says this regarding hope and the resurrection. He says, but when the object of hope is not any human agent but God, then hope means confidence, certainty, and full assurance. To have hope in God is not to have an uncertain, anxious wish that he will affirm your plan, he, he will affirm your plan to, but to recognize that he and he alone is trustworthy, that everything else will let you down and that his plan is infinitely wise and good. If I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, that confirms, that confirms that there is a God who is both good and powerful, who brings light out of darkness, and who is patiently working out a plan for his glory, our good, our good, and the good of the world. Christian hope means that I stop betting my life and happiness on human agency and rest in him. Church family, because the faithful one did not see decay, because he rose again, we can trust Jesus and hope and, ha and hope and have sure confidence that he will be faithful to us. So question for you guys, what decisions in your lives are you not making because you lack trust in God? Is it fear of sharing the gospel to that one neighbor or coworker? Is it fear of, of repenting of your sins and being found out? 
because of how you'll be perceived by others? Is it fear of making a decision for the kingdom that will cause you to have to trust more in God and rely less on yourself? It could be leaving your work field and choosing a new vocation. It could be you finally answering God's call to serve him as a missionary. It could be you laying down your life. BBC, when we read that the faithful one will not see decay, it means, we, means that we can rely on God. So take the risks. The empty tomb is proof that he is faithful. One last thing before we close. Psalms are meant to be sung. Psalm 16 was a song that David wrote and sung. But look at Psalm 16 now again. You know who, do you guys know who sang this song well? Jesus. When we read verse one, protect me, God. Jesus sang this knowing that he would need God's protection as he endured a sinner's death on the cross. When he says, for I take refuge in you, no one took refuge in his father the way the son did. In verse 5, when it says, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing, Jesus delighted in the Father as his portion, and he was his cup of blessing as Christ took the cup of suffering. In verse 7, when you read that, I will bless the Lord who counsels me, even at night when my thoughts trouble me. We see this when Jesus prays in the, at the Garden of Gethsemane as he asked the Father to help him, for he was grieved to the point of death and to the point where his sweat became like drops of blood. Yet he still trusted in the Lord when he said, yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse eight, when he says, I will always let the Lord guide me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Jesus was not shaken when he was on that cross. His heart was glad knowing that the work had been completed. His whole being rejoiced knowing the job was done, and he rested when he said that it is finished. In verse 10, for he knew that he wouldn't be abandoned to Sheol, and that he knew that the Father would not let the faithful one see decay. So church family, because the faithful one will not see decay, we will not decay either. Thanks be to Jesus. The empty tomb is proof that he is trustworthy and reliable. Let's pray.